Friday to one and all. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming back to yet another episode of Sometimes the Old Man is Right. As usual, I am your host, Lamont Ferguson, playing the role of the old man. It has been a while, I know, but I'm here now, okay? I'm here now. How have y'all been? What's the good word? I hope you're well. I'm, I'm all right. Thanks for asking. This is episode 28 of the podcast or season two, episode three, because I, I like making it as confusing as possible. But that is what's happening. I am uh, currently on a ship in Alaska on the home line of Holland America on the New Amsterdam. And I know it sounds like I'm saying New Amsterdam. But, well, because I am. I am saying that. Uh, but it would sound like as opposed to the old Amsterdam. But the way it's spelled, it's fancy. It's uh, new as in N-I-E-U. W. It like it would be pronounced New Amsterdam. That sounds fancy, right? Welcome on the New Amsterdam. And I know that sounds annoying by me doing that, but it's fun and, and I can't stop. New. <laughs> it reminds me of uh the I Love Lucy guy, Frank Nelson. Remember that guy? Yes. Like I'd I'd like to hear Frank Nelson say New Amsterdam, yes. Uh, I love that guy, Frank Nelson. God rest his soul, rest in peace, Frank Nelson. Uh, which, by the way, I looked up and discovered that Frank Nelson does not have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is an absolute travesty. It really is, because who is more well-known than Frank Nelson as far as that era of Hollywood, it's kind of a scam. Well, okay, scam may be uh, too harsh of a description, but uh, let's say it's scam adjacent at best. It's definitely in the area. So how the whole thing works. Because it, it works like, so a third party nominates someone to be in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And then that person has to accept the accept the nomination. I don't know why I couldn't say those words. That's weird. They have to accept the nomination. Then the person, the nominee, has to pay $50,000 for the ceremony. And then they got to show up at the ceremony. So... So the, all those people, 50 grand, I mean, it wasn't 50 grand. It just went up to 50 grand. But yeah, it, it costs money to get the star and you just have to pay the money and you'll get a star and say, hey, I'm going to show up for the star. And here's the weird thing is that celebrities who have passed away, they're only eligible for five years. At, so Frank Nelson ain't going to get a star. Sadly, he's not because Frank Nelson died in 1982 is when Frank Nelson passed away, but there needs to be a push. I'll start it. I'll, I'll get the petition signed. Okay, I'll sign it. I don't know how much work I'll really put into it. This is supposed to be a weekly podcast, and it turns into every so often. So I, I don't know if I'm the guy to be counted on to get Frank Nelson a star. But uh, 
That man deserves one. Frank Nelson, oh my goodness, back turned and just someone needed help. Lucy needed help. Excuse me, sir, do you work at, yes. And you're like, oh man, this is going to be good. Because you didn't know it was Frank Nelson until he turned around. And he was on radio on the Jack Benny show. He was a well-known tormentor of Jack Benny uh, as a waiter many, many episodes. And come on, that guy deserves the star. At the very least, that guy deserves a star. One word, yes. And that guy, very, he made the word yes famous by how he said it. And the odd thing is that there's a list, there's a surprising list of people, stars that don't have stars. Clint Eastwood, Madonna, Whitney Houston, Robert De Niro, Denzel Washington. But damn it, before any of them gets one, Frank Nelson should have one. There was a, uh, recently a petition going around, it's still probably going around amongst comics that was pushing for Judy Tenuta to get a star. And, and look, as a comic, I'm in solidarity with this thing. I signed the petition, but let's be honest. Come on now. Judy Tenuta over Frank Nelson? Come on now. W- what are we doing? W- what are we doing, huh? I mean, Judy's great. Judy's funny. She's weird. She was quirky. I guess it still is. It's not like she's died. She's still around. She played the accordion. Name name another accordion player. I'll wait. Go right ahead. Yeah, you can't. Exactly. You know, but could she get an applause break for saying one word? Frank Nelson could. Yes. Boom. And that was it. You hear that? That's all he had to say. And you were like, oh, my God, this is going to be good. Whatever is about to happen, you know this is going to be funny. You know who else had that effect? Uh, uh, The whole this is going to be good type of sense. Paul Lind. Paul Lind. And, by the way, another person not on the Walk of Fame. Paul Lind. Hollywood Squares. Bewitched. That's really all you need to know. I mean, he's, his career is extensive. He was a Broadway star, and he was in movies. He's in Bye Bye Birdie, uh, but tons of television shows. But man, Paul Lynn, good grief! A friend of mine, Facebook, was passing around some lines. It was a, a I guess, an article or a list of things that Paul Lynn had said responses on uh, Hollywood Squares, and good lord, they're just all funny. All funny, uh, just because of the way that Paul Lynn delivered them. And that dude, oh my goodness. And the laughing and the weird type of Sammy, you know, that <laughs> that's on the way. Sammy. Oh, God bless Paul Lynn. Get that man a star, too. I feel like I'm doing the uh, red buttons bit of never got a dinner. And again, I'm old. So if you're young and listening to this, you now you've you've got homework because you can look up who Paul Lind was and look up who Frank Nelson was. And now you got to look up who Red Buttons was. Uh, just go to YouTube and check out Dean Martin's roasts. 
uh, on YouTube with uh, red buttons talking about people who never got a dinner. That was his shtick on the ro- on the roast was talking about people who never got a dinner because he kept thinking that the roast was an actual dinner. Anyway, I am I'm done. I'm done taking you down the rabbit hole of the Walk of Fame. Uh, but it ju- it gets me fired up, especially when I do the contrast of who has one and who doesn't have one. Like all those people I said don't have one. Paul Lynn, funny, recognizable, television, megastar. No, no, no star for him. Uh, Frank Nelson, very recognizable. Just even if you don't know his name, you know that guy. You're like, oh, the guy that goes, yes. You're like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. But Mary Hart has one. Mary Hart has a star. You know, Entertainment Tonight. Mary Hart has a star. Enough said. I don't need to say anything else. So anyway, I am here on the new Amsterdam. Okay, I won't do it anymore. I'm sorry. Enjoying my time here in Alaska. Uh, This is the tail end of the second week on the ship. Kind of getting my toes in the water, so to speak, uh, for the Alaska run. Because, you know, I've got to do what now has turned out to be an entire Alaska run. Because I had scheduled uh, Holland dates from like July, what was it, July 10th until September 11th. Just going from Seattle into Alaska, back to Seattle, just a week is what it was going to do. And I was going to do that for a time. Prior to that, I was supposed to hop onto a princess ship and do the Caribbean. So that was going to be a nice little mix-up of doing little warm weather Caribbean stuff and then coming up to Alaska. Not that it's cold, but, you know, it's going to be much, much warmer in the Caribbean. Well, princess then changed it to... Uh, Their brand new ship, the Discovery Princess, which I'm kind of excited and looking forward to getting on. Then it turns out that leaves out of Seattle and goes into Alaska. So I will get on to the Discovery Princess in July after being home for a couple of weeks. Do the Seattle to Alaska run for Princess. Get off of that ship. And walk over to the Holland ship, where I will then set up shop and home for nine weeks. So that is what's taken place, and that's where I am now. We are getting into, if we're not already arrived, into Ketchikan, which will be the last city slash town, I guess they're a city, on the way back. Because after that, tomorrow is a sea day, and then back in Vancouver, and then homeward bound. So... Ketchikan's a nice town. I don't know if you've ever been. It's lovely. It's the salmon capital of the world, as the sign says when you get into town. But it's very nice. And then it looks like today we've got pristine, perfect weather, which is a plus and a rarity because it's also known as like the city of rain or something like that. It's some weird thing where they're like the rain capital of the world. And every time I've, most of the times I've been here, it has rained. It has started out even sunny and then it rained. Even if it was just for like a half hour or 15 minutes, it would rain and then be on its way. But so far this week, actually the entire two week trip, 
decent enough weather. But this week in particular, it was actually hot in Juneau uh, yesterday. Got off the ship, went and had my little halibut and chips. Was delicious at this uh, place that I probably should give a plug to, but I can't think of the name. If I look up the name later on, I will uh, I will give a plug to it. But it was uh, delicious, and it was rather warm. You know what they got in Juneau? They got a lot of, uh, well, Alaska stuff. That's what they got there in Juneau. You know, it's the capital of Alaska. But there at the port, there uh, you'll see an abundance of bald eagles flying overhead. Sometimes they're actually on the, uh, the bank of the water catching fish. But uh, they've got ravens there. And these ravens, more ravens than you'll see anything else. These ravens are huge. They are the size of a toddler is what they are. And that's no exaggeration either. They are giant, giant birds. Uh, There was a time uh, years ago I was in Juneau and I went to take a picture and there's a railing on the pier and my back was kind of turned. And you know how as a person you can sense something, you sense that there's a person that you can't see them, but you sense their presence. And I thought it was a person. And I went to say, oh, excuse me, because I thought I was a little too close to them. Turns out it was a raven. I almost said, excuse me, sir, to a raven, which it may have well even probably answered back because that's how big those uh, birds are. Oh, there's the uh, cruise director telling us that we're now in Ketchikan. I don't know if you can hear that, uh, but I'm going to stop while he's talking because it's annoying. All right. That has uh, ended. He, As I said, he was welcoming us to catch again and that we can get off the ship and stuff like that. But anyway, back to these giant ravens in uh, in Juneau. So, yeah, so I thought that it was a person. But I was sitting there and just watching them. Uh, I've... I posted this on the the Book of Faces, as my friend Trent McClellan says. But I'm not saying the birds are big. I'm not saying that the ravens in Juneau are big. But I have never seen a bird step up onto a picnic table before. And that's, in essence, that's what it looked like they were doing. Just uh, not hopping. Just a st- uh, and made the sound too, which was very disturbing because uh, that made me flee back to the ship. I don't need that from my birds. I don't need the uh, well, that's a doozy. I don't need any of that for crying out loud. But they're giant, giant birds. But anyway, I'm here in Ketchikan. Now, the shows on the ship have been decent, mostly going according as planned. Uh, I will say that the first night of shows was was a little crazy. So I get onto the ship on a Sunday. I'm not performing until, I think, Tuesday. Maybe. No, actually, probably Wednesday. And the, my paperwork just says... Now, it's it, it's different because I've told you guys many before, if you're new to the show or, or you don't know, you know, I guess new to the show would be the only way to describe it. So they've changed things in Holland. I used to be in the theater. Now I'm in the BB Kings. You just do one set, simple, maybe one, two, or three nights at the most. 
Most of the time, it's two nights. So I get on, and it's two nights that I'm performing. I'm performing Wednesday. I'm performing Saturday, I believe is what it is. And they've got just a 30-minute set, but there's two shows. So it's a 30-minute set at 7.30, and then a 30-minute set at 8.30, and then it's very specifically says same show. So it's just different seatings, as if I was in the theater and there would be, you know, double seating in there. So there's one seating for people who have dinner at a certain time, can't make that show. Hey, we'll catch them on the late show. That's how it works. So 7.30, show goes off, fine. Like I said, business as usual. 8.30, I go up. And I'm prepared. I'm going to do the same show. Now, if you've seen me perform, you know that there's not really a set list. There's an idea, a structure of a list, like an outline list of, oh, I'm going to talk about these things. But the set list doesn't really happen until I actually do the set. Then at the end, I try to remember exactly what it is I said in the order, and then I'll replicate it on the next show. So I've done that. I've gone out for the second show and I'm telling the jokes and the jokes are just, ha, <laughs> just polite laughter is what it is. Now, the first show was good. The first show, as I said, was according to plan. So it's good, solid laughs, exactly what they're supposed to be. Second show, just like a recital, just polite, no applause breaks, but just polite laughter. And I'm in my head. There's a weird thing that's going on. Now, here's a weird thing about this as far as for comics go, and I'll let you guys in behind the curtain. All comics have this weird phenomenon that takes place. Now, this is not a comic superpower. It is more of a human brain superpower. I believe that we all have some weird type of abilities that we can do with our brains, but it only presents itself if you're in the situation where it needs to. It's mostly out of necessity is what it is. You could probably hone that skill if you wanted to. It's like the people that you watch on television that are like, oh, I, I can do math in my head real quickly, and they add up a whole bunch of numbers. Well, the truth is, practically anybody can do that. You just train and condition yourself to do it. It really is more of a marvel of the human brain than it is a marvel of that person's human brain. That's kind of what I've learned. So this is the thing that takes place with comics. There are many times, and if you ever see a comic, you can talk to them about this weird phenomenon, where we are speaking on stage, delivering the act, Pinpoint accuracy, perfect delivery of every single joke. But in our minds, while we are talking, we are thinking of things that have nothing to do with delivering those jokes. It is as close to an out-of-body experience as you could possibly describe uh, that takes place. Talking, delivering jokes, but in your heads thinking, I there. I mean, many thoughts. You can find out from different comics. Different comics have different thoughts. There are times you're thinking about what you ate. Man, that was a really good sandwich. I wonder, wonder what they put on that sandwich. Is that paprika? That tastes like a little paprika. That was. Ta I mean, I probably could, should have that tomorrow. Hope they have that tomorrow. I'll go back there. That'll be good. I'll have that for lunch. That'll be all this going on. This conversation going on in your head. 
Meanwhile, you are on stage working, delivering jokes, not thinking about any of those jokes. There have been times I'm on stage and I thought, man, if I could just take my jacket off and put it on the mic stand and set it over there, maybe then I'd feel more comfortable. And then afterwards, maybe I'll, maybe I'll roll up my sleeves. That would look good. I hope that would look good. I'd roll up my sleeves, take my jacket off. That would look comfortable. Meanwhile, yes, I'm telling jokes the entire time. And so there's a point where you check yourself and go, you know what? Maybe I need to check in, see what this guy is talking about. Like, it's not even you. You go, hey, maybe I need to check in and see what this guy is talking about to see to make sure the show is still going well. And then you go in. It's like, oh, now I'm back into my body. Oh, okay. I see the show. And you won't go out again. It only happens once. You only will drift once during a set if you do it at all. But it's only once. You won't leave again. You'll always be engaged after that because it makes you scared. <laughs> you thought, oh, my goodness. Who was driving the car while I was busy thinking about my sandwich? So this starts taking place while I'm on stage on the second show while just the polite laughter's going on. The first thought I thought is, oh, my God, I'm, I'm a bomb. I don't know the last time that I bombed. But I'm, oh, it feels like bombing right now. Even though there's polite laughter, it might as well be bombing because that's what it feels like. And I'm talking and I tell a couple of more jokes and the same thing takes place. And now I'm going to go into the audience and ask a question that I asked for for this particular joke that uh, I want to, you know, bring the audience in and do a compare and contrast with an actual person and stuff like that. But in my head, right before that, something said, this feels like they've seen the show before. And I thought, well, why would they? Why would they have seen the show? The show just ended 20 some odd minutes ago. Why would they have come back to the second show when you told them that it's going to be the same show? And the 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 ship people have already let people know that it's the same show. But it sure felt like their reaction was people laughing at jokes they just heard and just being polite. So in the middle of this question that I was going to ask this person, something in my head had this little <laughs> dialogue going. Feels like they've seen this show. Why would they have seen this show? I don't know, but I think it's they've seen this show. I don't think they've seen this show. Why don't you go ahead and ask them? And at that moment, I was about to ask a person a different question and I changed and went, hang on a second. How many people here were here for the first show? And the hands started raising in the room. It looked like they were about to start the wave. 90 plus percent of the people in this second show had just seen the first show. So now... The explanation is clear in my head. Now I am beside myself because I just think it's a funny moment to where, you know, eight minutes in, I now have this discovery that these people just watched you perform the exact same eight minutes that you have just performed. So now it's a point where I make a decision. Well, now I'm going to change the show because the ego is now involved. Uh, well, I'm certainly not going to bomb even though, like I said, it wasn't really bombing, but it felt like bombing in comparison to how I know these jokes should be reacted to. So then the show just became different. 
I just pulled out not necessarily the set I was going to do for the second night, but just a different set altogether. And that ended up being about 40 some odd minutes. So now I've done 35 minutes on the first show and 40 some odd minutes on the second show. I'm now at 75 minutes for a week that I'm only supposed to do 60. So now I'm well into overtime at this point in time. And, uh, but that was how the, the whole show started was that, Hey, look, we just saw this show. Well, they didn't say that they were actually just very polite and they were, everyone was nice about it. And they're like, well, we really enjoyed the show and we thought we'd see it again, but that's really not how comedy works. Comedy works on the element of surprise. Like if you wanted to see it again, wait a couple of weeks, wait a month, wait three months, something like that. Nobody watches a comedy back to back because now the element of surprise is gone and you know what, you know, what's coming, but they were very nice. And, and I, you know, it's not lost on me that the appreciation of the fact that yes, you enjoyed the show and you thought it was good enough to be able to see it again, that you wanted to experience that moment again, or, or people who called up to people who weren't at the show and said, Oh, you've got to come down here. You've got to get down here and see the show and it'll be a second show. You'll come in. So then it became the friends like, Oh, you got to watch this part, that type. Well, this part didn't show up because there weren't enough of them who hadn't seen it to make the level of the audio noticeable to me to where it was people that hadn't. This week, I knew that going in and uh, told them, said, hey, look, if you enjoyed this show, that's fantastic. I appreciate you. But the second show is going to be the same. So you just look at this as this was our moment. You cherish that moment. You enjoy that moment. And then you move the hell on with your life. I don't need you coming back to try and relive that moment on the second show because it's not going to happen. And there was maybe three or four people that came back this week on the second show that were at the first show. So then it was it was how it should have been. I don't mind you come back. I just... I would like to know ahead of time. That whole idea ahead of time would have been nice to know. A little heads up, wouldn't you? But the show was fine. Everything was uh, uh, fine on the, the second show. And, or the second... The, what am I trying to say? The, everything was fine on the first night of the second week is what it was. So I'll perform tomorrow night, which is Saturday night. And uh, that'll be that. It'll be a wrap. So, so far, a productive Alaska trip. I am looking forward to getting back home. I am looking forward to spending time with the family and hanging out. Uh, Olivia has finished school. Last day of the second grade. Olivia now is officially a third grader. Hmm? How about that? Oh, the rocks she will see in the third grade. <laughs> The time does move. The time does move quickly. As cliche as it sounds, it does move quickly. How is it that that little kid, that little baby, is now in the third grade? Makes no sense. And then it just continues to rapidly accelerate. I, I think I spoke about this earlier, that in elementary school, it kind of drags a little bit. It'll When you look at it in reflection, you'll go, man, that was really quick. 
but when they get to middle school, it is rapid because it felt like Noah was in elementary school forever. And then it was first day of middle school, boom, next thing you know, he's a junior in high school. That's how quickly it happened. So I will, uh, I'm aware of that and I uh, will try to, to enjoy and cherish all of the moments that I have uh, that I can with the the kid uh, Olivia. It's not that I couldn't remember her name. It's just that I was gonna. I was thinking of something else. You know what I was thinking about? Thinking about a sandwich I had earlier. No, that's not what was going on. I was thinking about saying something else. But uh, yeah, cherish that time with the kid Olivia while I can before the D Day of middle school. I don't know what they're doing in middle school. They're taking our kids. They're taking away our kids. I remember when I learned or became aware of the idea, I was like, oh, I was so angry, so angry. I'm like, what did you do to my Noah? To my, He was a fun little kid, and then middle school took place, and then he became very quiet and uh, more introverted and more concerned about whatever the life is that he's doing as opposed to, hey, let's, Dad, let's go ride bicycles. And I was going to write an open letter to puberty and tell puberty, hey, you, you took another one of our kids. And we're not happy about it. As parents, we're not happy about this puberty coming along and stealing our babies. How dare you? How dare you take our babies from us like that? Puberty. Oh, don't, don't let me catch you out on the street, puberty. Don't, don't you let me catch you out on the street stealing kids. How rude. So I am looking forward, like I said, to getting home, spending a couple of weeks and a couple of weeks while I think they're out of school. I don't know what's going on with Noah's school. Noah has school, then he doesn't have school, then it's always, I know Olivia will be out of school. Uh, but Noah's, you know, Noah's older now, crying out loud. He's an adult. He's about to be 20. So now he hangs out with his friends. Does that. So you lose another kid. You lose him to puberty and then you lose him to adulthood. People keep stealing your kids. Well, they're not people. When I was a kid, people were stealing kids. I don't even know if that's the truth, really. I know that was a big fear. I know there was always like, oh, you got to watch out because there's a dude in the van. Actually, you know what the weird thing about it was? We had a weird story is that there was a person in a van that would take kids and shave their heads and then just turn them loose. Like that's all they were doing to them. So you, I don't, I'm pretty sure that had to be some sort of folklore because I don't believe that was actually happening. I don't believe there was a person in a van stealing, kidnapping kids, shaving their heads, and then just turning them loose. Because that, that is, might be one of the dumbest crimes ever. Just a, an annoying crime. I've shaved a kid's head and then they drive off giggling in their van. Like, I don't, I'm pretty sure there was more going on or nothing was going on. But I remember that very vividly as being a very scary thing. The, I don't, we had a name like the shavers or something like that. You got to look out for them. People in a van, luring kids into the van, shaving their heads, 
and then turning them loose. Not even doing anything to them, other than shaving their heads and turning them loose. It's a horrible prank. It's actually, it's it's kind of an advanced prank, because that's what's something that people would tune in to watch now. Oh, my goodness, you see, they get a kid, they shave the head. I, that's a weird thing. So not people taking your kids, but things taking your kids is what, what the whole point of that thing was about. As usual, I'm not paying attention to any news. Maybe a little bit here and there. I know there was a January 6th hearings that were taking place, and there's a lot of uh, things that we didn't know about. And then the people that are watching it are people that already are on the side of, hey, look how horrible this was. I've seen posts from people on Facebook. They're like, I'm not watching it. Looks like there's a made-up show. Like, everything is made up. I don't know how we got to the point where we are so far from agreeing. We're so far from the middle that I can't see the middle. I don't, I live in the middle. I try to. I see. try to see both sides. You know me. Try to see both sides of everything. But the way I see people on the extremes, like I can't even watch the hearings because that's all made up. It's all nonsense. I'm like, it's all nonsense? Everybody's in on the nonsense? That's, anyway. So that is all I've really seen. It is weird. I think I brought this up last time about, it is weird that there's still a war going on in the Ukraine and how we just kind of go on with our lives like that's happening. Like, okay, yeah, that's that's a thing. It's still going on. Like, those are people that are still in fear for their lives because Russia is still at war with the Ukraine because they want them just to give up. And those people are still there. Like, and that's still a thing. Like, every day that is still going on. And I understand that, yeah, we kind of still go on with our lives, but it, it is weird that that is, that both things are occurring at the same time. We're still going on with our lives, and yet there still is a war going on in the world. It's it's a little bizarre to me. Uh, you know what? I, I'll talk about this next time, whenever that'll be, 2024, when I do the next episode. But uh, the Herschel Walker thing is really fascinating to me, and I've not seen enough about it to be able to talk about it in depth in the way that I want to right now. So I will save it for next week because I'm sure it'll be even crazier next week. But the fact that Herschel Walker is running for Senate in uh, Georgia uh, against uh, uh, trying to unseat uh, a Warnock, Reverend Warnock there. But the craziness that keeps coming out <laughs> about Herschel Walker is the funniest thing ever. And I don't really know what did we expect from a dude who is known as a football player. Now, you know my props for football players. I find them actually to be some of the smartest athletes because of when you hear them talk about their sport, there is nuances about football that even those of us who think that we know football is so far advanced from what we know, the average fan or even the above average fan knows, to listen to them talk about the, like I said, the nuances of football is crazy. But... There's also that other side where, yeah, there's some football players that are 
just dumb jocks. Herschel Walker happens to fall into that category of being just a dumb jock. And uh, to hear this dude speak and talk about stuff, I'm like, man, oh, man. So this dude, every day he has to come out and say, yeah, by the way, I have uh, other kids. Because before it was he has one kid, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, then they're saying, oh, there's a secret kid. And then he has to come out today and say, oh, I have four kids. I've never denied my four kids. I've had four kids. I just don't want to bring them into the spotlight, which is strange because why are then people saying that these are secret kids if you keep claiming that you have kids? So it, I'm going to look into it and I'll talk about it next week, but uh, it is pretty wild. And, and the things that Herschel Walker believes and says are pretty wild too. Herschel Walker. New Jersey Generals. Remember that? Remember that? He he went to the USFL before going to the NFL. He was the top prize running back, I believe, out of University of Georgia. And uh, he was something, man. In football, he was something. And then USFL put them on the map, had big stars there. Herschel Walker, Steve Young was in the USFL, the original version of the USFL. But now... Running for senator. Mm, so much fun. So much fun. The other story that I found that it's just going to be a rehash of me complaining about the same thing again. People. People. Lewis Johnson, my friend Lewis Johnson, who you know that we do the uh, A Good Green Room every Monday at... Uh, I believe it's 4 p.m. or maybe 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Every Monday on Facebook, just kind of hanging out with comics and chatting. He brought up a question to me the other day saying, if I believe that aliens exist. And my response was that I certainly hope so. Because ideally, I would like them to show up and return me to my home planet because there is no way possible that I belong to this species of people. Now, you know, my disdain for people in general, I, I was watching the George Carlin documentary, which was, I highly recommend good grief. What a career, what a, a talent. If you know, I I've had the very brief moments of sharing the stage with that man right before he filmed his last HBO special. And uh, I will cherish those moments for the rest of my life because of the fact that it was crazy that I even got the opportunity to be able to work with someone that you don't even think is real. Like he's that dude is on Mount Rushmore and Mount Rushmore came down, came to life and allowed me to open the show for him. So that's crazy when I think about that. But man, oh man, what a talent. So the uh, Judd Apatow, George Carlin documentary on uh, HBO Max, I highly recommend that. So I was watching that, and and he's I've heard him say this before, where he says he is also not a fan of people in groups. He likes them one-on-one. But when they start getting a common purpose, like even as small as groups of two, 
he's not uh, not a big fan of them. And I I have I said this before I heard him say this, and he had said it long before I said it, but I hadn't heard him say it. Uh, but yeah, this is how I am. This is how I think. Not a big fan of people in general. It's weird because even with my fan base, I believe that all the people who are fans of mine are not fans of people, but they bond together on that common ground that they don't like people. It's a weird type of cycle that takes place. They're like, you know what? I don't like people. Oh, and that person doesn't like people. Then we are in the right spot together to listen to Lamont, who also doesn't like people. But yeah, it's... uh. I certainly hope the aliens come to take me because uh, I can't belong here. I, I look at things too, too askew. Things that should be simple common knowledge, things that should be simple sense, and people are so confused by it. I don't, I'm like, I can't belong to your group. I said this many, many times. If you believe in God, people mankind would be hard-pressed to break the top five of God's creations. It, it really would. We managed to screw up a lot of things. People managed to screw up a lot of things. I was watching a clip recently, uh, yesterday, what it was, of Tom Hanks, and the headline was... Uh, no more Mr. Nice Guy. It was something to that effect. Tom Hanks drops the F-bomb on a bunch of people. And so that's, you know, the, the way that they entice you and lure you into it. And what it was, was Tom Hanks was leaving, I think, uh, Stephen Colbert's show, Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And the paparazzi was there. And it was him and his wife, Rita Wilson, and they were walking in front of this group and this horde of paparazzi, you know, looking like the uh, the storks in Finding Nemo with the mine, 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 just, just that type of deal. All asking questions and walking in a giant pack. Rita Wilson stops and the group, because they're walking as a unit, not as individuals, don't stop walking. And they walk into her and just and hit her hard from behind. And they're like, hey, hey, what's going on? Well, Tom Hanks sees this because he's walking next to them and uh, turns around and he goes, back the fuck off. He goes, yeah, you ran into my wife. You nearly ran over my wife. Great. And then now they're all like, oh, yeah, that's we're sorry. Sorry, Tom. Sorry. Yeah, these guys, they act like it's not them. It's you as a group. It's the same thing with Lady Di. It's the same type of mentality. And this was people. We did this. Mankind did this. It turns out people just are nosy as hell. And they need to know other people's business. Because if there wasn't the hunger for this, then these jackasses wouldn't have a job. The TMZs and the, we got we to gotta find this. I, I can't tell you how little I give a fuck about anybody else's business. I am that dude that walks that line. I am that dude that says, I don't care what you think. I really do not care what you think about my decisions or what I did or my activities or anything like that. 
and nor do I care about your activities. I care about your interaction with me. That's what I care about. I care about your interaction with me. I don't care what else you did. Uh, This whole gossipy type of mentality that we have as humans really is a turnoff of humans. Like, I don't watch TMZ, the show TMZ. I don't. uh, The fact that we've made these reporters celebrities by putting them on television go, hey, I've got the scoop on this. I know this. I know this. I heard this about this person. I heard that about that. I don't care. I really don't care. And when I see this, like I saw with the Tom Hanks and, and and how it all worked, because now you created this thing where Tom Hanks got pushed too far because you nearly injured his wife. He had a human reaction to tell you and use profanity against you to stop what it is you're doing. And your idea is, oh my goodness, look what happened. Mr. Nice Guy used profanity at these people. Meanwhile, you didn't say that, hey, look, we are horrible human beings that nearly knocked over his wife because we're clamoring to get the most mundane, innocuous question answered so we can run it out to the masses because they are so curious and they have a a hunger for this. The headline should have been humanity is broken and we're helping to break it. Sorry, Tom. That's what the headline should have been. But the headline was, Oh, Mr. Nice guy. Not so nice. Huh? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of every aspect of the social media. Horrible invention. I've said this before, horrific, good idea on the premise to bring the world closer together, but you didn't take into consideration that humans would be using it, and we will eventually fuck everything up, because that is our nature. We don't have a dial. That we go, maybe we should dial this back. Uh, maybe not because people are too busy screaming for their rights. My rights should be able to have this and my right. Oh, stop. Stop with your rights. Because your rights are what leads to humanity being horrific. There should be a certain, as they say, inalienable rights. But when we have taken what we believe rights to be so far, we end up taking them too far. And then we end up with what we have now. And what we have now is a shit show. That's what we have now. I know. I know it it started out light and fluffy with the Frank Nelson deserves a star. And it ended up being very Carlin-y and a kind of just espousing more hatred of humanity. But it is what it is, people. I just talk. I can't control all of the podcasts. I'm human. I've got emotions. And when I see something like Tom Hanks' 
wife being nearly trampled. See how I escalated it? Although that is the truth, though. She could have been trampled. But at least getting knocked over by this mass of jackasses with their cameras and wanting the picture and yelling dumb questions. And then the headline becomes Tom Hanks is not a nice guy because he yelled at these photographers. Like, are you kidding me? How did we get here? How is this the this is the, the way that we went with the headline? We nearly trampled the guy's wife. Then he yelled at us. Mm, he's not so nice. Okay. Yeah. Please show up, aliens. Please show up and either take me back to whatever the planet is that I belong on. Or, uh, I don't know, do what you need to do here. I, I doubt that we have resources. So they probably won't even stop. Lewis said that we're just the bad that they are, and they just won't come here because we're the bad neighborhood, which I can see that too. I can see that. Yeah. Why would we bother with those humans? Ugh, those things, they're horrible. They're the pests of the world is what they are. We may be like, as far as the species go, why people don't come. We may be the flies of, uh, of the universe. Maybe what we are. As you know how pest flies are? That's that maybe what we are to other people. Just flies. You shoo us away. You don't want us near your picnic. It's exactly what we are. I guess the other thing that's in the news would be the economy. And I don't I'm not a person that's political, nor am a person that knows a lot about finance and the economy i just read a few things saying that we are going into a recession and i'm gonna be honest with you i know some stuff but as far as the economic stuff i don't know a lot about that i know what a depression is i know what a crash of the stock market is but i'm not necessarily sure as to what a recession is and i had to look it up and now i kind of have a cursory knowledge of what a recession is and I probably should have known this more at this age. But I didn't. I didn't pay attention to it. But now I do know. And uh, I know it's crazy. I, I know with gas going up and there's really no reason other than, oh, well, Putin is at war with the Ukraine. And now gas is $7 a gallon. And that seems a bit excessive, <laughs> I believe. And yet... The weird thing is that people are still getting gas. Like it's like I've seen seven. I've seen seven bucks a gallon in California and people are still there getting gas. It's at maybe five something near me before I left under six, but around, you know, definitely over five. Uh, but I've seen many places where it is six, a good steady, solid six, six, twenty, six, thirty, six, fifty. Yet people still getting gas, still traffic. You'd have thought that that wouldn't be the case. And now, having seen the uh, definition of a recession, now I kind of get it. The problem, the uh, for the those that don't, and for those of you that do know, I know I'm I'm dumb in some things, okay. And I should know this. You're like, well, we already know what a recession. Is. Okay, well, good for you. I didn't. 
I, I'm an adult. I admitted that I didn't. W- what have you admitted that you didn't know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the problem is that there's too much money. That really is, in essence, if you want to boil it down to layman's terms, they said because of the uh, stimulus, uh, having the stimulus being, you know, giving more people money when they didn't really need to give them more money, that the consumer, which is us, has too much money. We have way too much money, and that's what's causing the problems, which then you look at it and go, it makes sense. Because if gas continually goes up when it shouldn't be going up, they, they can't say there's a shortage. They can't say this or that. It just is going up. And it turns out they go, oh, look at this. People will pay this price. Look, it's $6 a gallon. That's $2 more than what they were paying a year ago. And turns out there's still a demand for that. So people still buy because we have too much money. It's a weird system because, uh, when there's not enough money, then there's a different type of thing, you know, not enough money, not enough jobs, and it becomes a depression. Uh, but when there's too much money and now the inflation goes up, it becomes a recession, uh, which will then, I believe, lead to a depression or at least towards a depression. It doesn't necessarily have to lead to a depression. It leads towards a depression because we have too much money. So it's a bizarre thing. Now you don't have enough money. We'll give you money. Up oh, now you got too much money. Now we got to balance it because now we need the money on this side. See, you have it too much on that side, and now this is bad. The system is off balance. Now we need that money back on this side. Uh, we tried. We kept raising the prices. Turns out you've got way too much money. <laughs> we can't even fix it with the amount of money. The Feds increased the interest rate to 0.75 percent and they're like still not enough they still have too much money so this is an effect of the stimulus and the shutdown and the government just giving people money hand over fist and then now it's too much and they're like hey can we have that back people like sure here's some of it back they're like well how much do you have like well you should need to look up how much you gave us you gave us a lot So that that's the other thing. That's the only things I'm really paying attention to is that is my despisal of people and the fact of how a recession works because someone gave the people too much money, which is kind of funny to me because, like I said, it's a balancing act. It'd be like playing a board game. You go, oh, no, I gave you too much. I gave you I gave you too much money. That's it. And it's not like we're going to give it back. You know, how many people are honest they're few and far between where you get the money back and the change and then they go, oh, by the way, you gave me too much change. Like, there are very few of those people that do that. Well, nowadays, hopefully everything's by card, so you don't have to necessarily worry about that. And even if it were to take place, uh, who really is doing the math and counting backwards like the old-time cashiers used to? Like, you know, I, I joke about that in my act to the point where I was talking about it years ago. And now it's become almost like a, a stock premise about the idea that the people who work at the stores can't count the money back to you. So 
that's when those play those those things would take place is when they would be counting a bag and here's your change. You're like, oh no, you gave me too much. This is it. And then you'd both do math, right? The the customer would do the math and do the correction, and then the the cashier would go, oh okay, yeah, you're right. Thanks, I appreciate that. But now people are like, ah, I'll take it. I don't care. Yeah, that person will get fired. <laughs> no one cares. People are horrible. How do we get to be horrible people? I mean, I know it's always been that case, but it seems like there's more of an abundance of horrible people, more abundance of bad behavior being rewarded. I remember working at fast food at McDonald's and there were horror. I mean, that probably helped cement my despisal of humans as having to deal with the general public where you knew people were scamming you. Like there was a whole scam thing where there was people that come in and and uh, they were quick change artists is what they were. So they would put money on the counter and say, hey, can you give me change for this? And while you're giving the change back, then they would also put another bill and say, oh, and can you give me this change for that? And so the whole idea was to confuse the cashier to the point where at the end there was so much confusion, then that person steps in and corrects them and goes, oh, no, you need to give me this and this and this. And then because you've been so confused, they just hand that money. So maybe they've made 20 bucks or something like that because they've just changed on the, you know, the, the cashier over and over again to that point. Like that was a person that was a crime that was taking place back in the eighties. When I worked in fast food, people that just need to get over on other people. And I don't, I don't get to get over people. I think that's where my, the seed was planted of my hatred of people that people are just out to scam other people and nothing really would happen to them. Because by the time you figure it out, they're gone. They're off to the next thing. But nothing, you know, no real damage was done uh, to them. I mean, the damage was done to the restaurant. You'd lose some money and then that cashier would end up having to explain or, you know, end up being punished for somebody who came in to do something bad in the first place. But, yeah, that whole idea of... of, uh, of dealing with the money and somebody scamming and somebody trying to get over. And like I said, all of it lends towards my despisal. Bring on the aliens. Oh, wouldn't it be a twist if these were the aliens that were doing it, man, that'd be an M night Shyamalan twist on my life. And my whole thought I'd have to change my entire thought. If it's what if these are the aliens that are doing it and the humans are the good people. You know that's not going to be the case. <laughs> Come on. That'd be great writing, though. But I, I don't foresee that happening. All right, people. I think that's enough. It's enough of the nonsense. I don't even know what this episode was about. I really don't. But I know it's pretty much over now. I thank you, as always, for tuning in. I will, like I said, I'll go home for a couple of weeks, so therefore I should have no excuse to not throw up another episode next Friday. None whatsoever. I'll be talking about Herschel Walker and trying to figure out what's going on there. Maybe some other stuff. Gotten back to my fitness routine. I videotaped myself having my basketball shoot around and 
that's a good and bad thing. It's good because I can see some of the mistakes and some of the problems, but it's bad because I have to see myself. It's what it is. And, uh, uh, what a mess. What a mess I have made of the human body, of my human body. That's what I've done. So maybe when the aliens show up, I can get a more fit avatar. <laughs> maybe that'll take place. Anyway. All things Lamont Ferguson can be found at the website lamontferguson.com. You can check that out, see where I'm going to be, see what's doing. As I said, it'll be me hopping on the ships for uh, the foreseeable future. I recently filled out my calendar, so it's been a while, you know, a, a couple of years or three years or so since the shutdown, uh, but nice to have the calendar full by mid-July and go, that's it. There's going to be no more work. All the work that is on the calendar is the work. I'll be working the amount of time that I want to work. There'll be time off. There'll be not time off. That's it. I'm not accepting any more work for 2022. We're on to 2023, which also has dates on the calendar too. So that is good. And a shout out to my uh, cruise agency, Artist Wes. Uh, very nice. That's Steve Smith and Ron Reed who have uh, hammered and chiseled and plugged the pieces into the puzzle to help me uh, have a full calendar. So that's very nice. Very nice indeed. Got some nice, exciting stuff coming up. As I said, June 24th, when I come home, uh, I will be at the San Diego County Fair. So that'll be a nice return to San Diego. So come on out if you want to see that. Be me. Talking about <laughs> another complaining about people. June 24th, 8 p.m. San Diego County Fair. I also have put in my return to Ontario. I've already had my return to Canada because I was in uh, Calgary a couple of months ago. But now I've got a return to Ontario uh, to Absolute Comedy. And that will be in uh, November and early December so that'll be nice to get back. It has been quite a few years since I've been there, so it'll be good to get back. As I said, all of that information at lamontferguson.com. You can email the show if you'd like to, I don't know, you want to, I don't know what you'd like to do. Say hi, defend people. If you defend people, I'm going to think you're an alien. That's what I'm going to say. You can email that at theoldmanisright at gmail.com. The old man is right at gmail.com is the email of the show. I think that's all the plugs. I don't think I got anything else. Mondays with Lewis Johnson on a good green room. You can check that out on Facebook. I said a lot here. Talked about Frank Nelson. Shout out to Frank Nelson. Yes. I talked about a lot. It kind of ended with little anger about people. I may have a point about some of these things. Some of these things I may be way off. Maybe my whole idea about people is off. Maybe I've just been around the wrong people. Although I, I've, I've seen some good people, some really good people in my life. They still have not yet to offset the amount of jackasses I've seen. So I, I don't know where I stand on that. I I don't know if I if I'm the if I'm the bad maybe I'm the bad guy. 
I don't know. You got a lot of opinions. This is how, what old people do. We we have opinions on things, and then we try to get people stars on the Walk of Fame. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. But you know what the deal is? Sometimes the old man is right. I'll see you next week. Woo!